Nine Podcasts. G'day, it's Matt here. Each week, we'll be releasing an extra episode of Six Tackles with Gus. It features some bonus content and a range of the best Ask Gus questions, plus some other gold as well. We'll be pushing that out on your podcast feeds each Sunday. Too much of Gus is never enough. Enjoy. Um, on the subject of International Rugby League, the Pacific Championships, I was just thinking before we came in here, gee, there's some selection um, debate. Now, give us a preliminary thought. I mean, the Aussie fullback spot, has there been so many contenders ever? You could pick five yeah. of them. Yeah, they're all going good. They're all going good. We spoke about this a few weeks ago. Yeah. And I said to you, I said, the Roosters, at the time, the Roosters weren't going to make the eight. And I said, that's, you know, that's going to hurt Tedesco. Because I said, you know, the selection for the Aussie team probably should be hmm. from teams that have gone deep into the finals and um, and play in the grand final day, which I suspected, you know, a Reese Walsh or a Dylan Edwards or maybe even a Caelan Ponger if Newcastle made a deep run, hmm. you know, would be more deserving of, of selection for Australia this year as the best Australian fullback. Hmm. Um, you know, the fact that the Roosters weren't going to make the eight, I said, would harm Tedesco's chances of being selected. Hmm. And rightly so. Now, the Roosters have made a run. They've got into the eight. They've won a game, and he's started to find some form. So now you can probably apply an incumbency uh, on that. But Jeez, the other two have got irresistible claims, though. Haven't Walsh they? and Ponga. Haven't oh. they? Haven't they? And, I, and I, think, I think our game has gone beyond incumbency, to be honest. Mm. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think it's gone beyond incumbency. Yeah. Because, you know, it, formally, you know, going back in different eras, you know, playing for Australia, we didn't have any opposition. We didn't have much opposition at all. So it didn't matter who we picked, we'd win anyway. So this yeah. incumbency thing was, you know, hey, hey, the gang's all here and well, favouritism and all sorts of things, you know. Does but, Australia have opposition? Because wait for this. Yeah. What about the Kiwi halves? Mm. Brown, Johnson, who'll probably win the Dally M, Kieran Four and Jerome Hughes. Mm. Who would hey, you pick, pick there? You can pick some good teams. Who would you pick there? What about the Samoan team? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm just going through the New Zealand, so I didn't, didn't yeah. quite get there. What about the Kiwi props? Mm. Tapanay, Fisher-Harris, Leota, Nelson Arthur for Solomon. Oh, I did have JWH, but he's suspended. And young Griffin Neem, he's played. All right. <laughs> what about that? Yeah, good, good depth. Mm. Good depth. So and, and, and this is this is because of the um, uh, this is because of the multicultural nature of our game now here in Australia. Mm. Right, which has changed dramatically. I mean, this it wasn't like this thirty years ago, mate. No, but that's a it's a. So it's the, the development, of the, of the development of the Pacific Island nations, and the development of the New Zealand player, predominantly all getting developed here in Australia through the NRL system. And a lot of these kids are second and third, or all from second and third generation Australian families. They're born here. They never actually grew up in New Zealand, or grew up in the islands, or anything like that. So, mm. um, you know, and part of part of what I was trying to impress upon the. Um, the commission and Peter Volandis is that we needed to invest for those that um, in the islands to make sure that they were still getting development and encouragement as well, and for kids in New Zealand. New Zealand's New Zealand's a goldmine, mate. It's never really been harvested properly from a rugby league perspective, and families have just upped and moved as families to give their kids a better opportunity in our game. Not every kid in in New Zealand can be an All Black. Not every kid can play rugby. They're not suited to rugby. 
Same as not every kid's suited to rugby league. You know, that's why they move. They come to Australia for the development pathways and whatever. And that's why it was incumbent upon the, the Warriors to, to, to get their house in order. And they have. They're really, they're back in the junior rep competitions now. They're going to be a, they're going to be a force for many, many years. You, you're only seeing the tip of the iceberg with the Warriors now because it's only in the last few years it's been really well managed and mm. starting to get a, a proper program there. You know, in, in the next five to ten years, we'll need another team in Auckland for sure in this competition, uh, and they'll be ready for it. They're not ready for it yet, but they will be ready for it. Now, speaking of talent, my ears pricked up when I learnt all 17 CEOs are going to Vegas or going to the States mm. on the back of the NFL Combine. Mm. Now, you, you talk... C- about- CEOs or recruitment managers? Oh, I don't know. All of them. Everyone will, CEOs every, everyone will go. It's going to be a junket, is it? Junket. Mm. Junket. But... I'll be watching on TV. Oh, yeah. You'll be there. No, I won't be there. Um, I've got no design. On the there. back of but the NFL Combine, now you, you talk about talent. Could they pick the eyes out of out of those that don't make the NFL and the, and the Combine because it's not unprecedented, is it? Man for uh-huh. more. Yeah, well, we did it at the Roosters. We brought some college kids out. Did you? Yeah, back in 95. Oh, right. Yeah. How did they, uh, did they aim up? When the Super League war hit, I've talked about this on this podcast, haven't I? I don't think so. Yeah, I think so. Have you? But um, uh, back in 95, when the Super League war broke out, hmm. um, um, Arthur Beetson went to Pacific Islands and brought back some Pacific Island players. Tino Fasua Malawi's father played for the Roosters. Really? A bloke called Ferretti Fuasa. Um, yeah, big bloke, good player too. Uh, Where, so he's, where's he from? Uh, what, what island? Well, what's, he's Samoan, isn't he, yeah. Tina? Um, and he played for the Roosters. I coached, his, I coached his father. Didn't know it till recently. There you go. Yeah, didn't did know Did you bump it. into him? No, I coached him. He yeah, was, but did you bump into him at the footy or something? No, no. Oh, right. No, no, no. no didn't bump into him. Right. No, it, someone sent me, someone of the Roosters sent me one of our old team photos and circled him up the back. And I remember oh. for Eddie, he said, that's Tino's father. Wow. Played for the Roosters. Does he look like Tino? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Tino was born in Orange. Yeah, I know. And yeah. he plays for Queensland. Yeah, because I think I think I think Freddie played with the Roosters in the lower grades, and um, and then went to play country football. Right, and went up went up that way, and uh, yeah. So um, yeah. So anyway, it, at this time, um, bloke called Bernard Gross, Bernard Gross QC, was one of uh, the Australian Rugby League's lawyers in the Super League War. He was one of the ones in the court case, and he was very good friends with Warren Ryan. A fanatical uh, rugby league supporter and a fanatical uh, NFL supporter. And he said, you know, I've always wanted to look at bringing American footballers out to Australia, not the NFL player, but the college kid who didn't get drafted. Yes. Right? So they, they go through college learning to be an NFL player. Yes. It's a brilliant system over there, you know, which we'll talk about development one day and, and what we try to recreate here in Australia because we don't have a collegiate system here in Australia that produces that sort of talent ready for NFL and they have a draft and all sorts of things. So that's another subject. But he said there are plenty of talented kids mm. in America who come through the collegiate system who are great athletes, great footballers, but don't get picked up on the draft. And he said, I've got a, a couple here that we could bring out to Australia. And they did. They brought them out to Australia. Um, I kind of thought there were four, but I think a couple of those must have been the Pacific Islanders that Arthur Beetson picked up. Um, I'm now reminded that it was two fellas, and I remember them distinctly. Oh, I think you have told this. Yeah, and he um, and they came out. Uh, they didn't make the NFL draft. Yeah, and they come out to tr- train and trial with us during an off season to see how they went. 
great athletes. Oh, yeah. Great kids, great athletes, and uh, could run. And, and I reckon we got them at like 21. I reckon if I'd have got them at 16 or 17, you'd have made a player out of them. Yeah. They played reserve grade level. They, they? they, they got to what? that level, yeah. What positions? One was a winger. The other one was probably wasn't suited. It was harder for him because he was a forward. He was a bigger boy, you know, but very quick. Um, so the nuances of the game just escaped them a little bit. But there's, there was one great moment in the pre-season where um, uh, I'm talking to our squad and, you know, it's one of the, the lectures we, I used to have back in those days, different these days, we're talking about being a professional footballer and doing the right thing and, you know, diet and nutrition and, you know, your notebook and, your, and being on time and all these sorts of things that we talk about, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know, by the time I get in the end of the lecture, half of them are falling asleep and half of them are nodding off. You know, half of them have heard it before, you know. It's, but I'm, I'm doing the right thing. I'm ticking the box. I'm trying to get them to, you know, I'm only looking after their careers. I just need them to be better. And uh, so I say to it, any questions? And of course, there's no questions. They just want to get out of there, you know. So, And this American boy in the back of the room, he said, coach, coach. He said, I've got a question. I said, what is it, mate? He said, uh, not to you. He said, I want to question these other guys. He said, um, how come coaches got to tell you all this? How come you don't know all this? Right. We learned this stuff in high school. Yeah. This is really basic. You know, like this, this attention to detail and this, you know, being a professional and what it means to be a professional. We learned this in high You guys don't learn this in school? And it was a really telling moment wow. of what the school system and the collegiate system and everything over there in America does that we don't do here. Mm. Right? Which is, you know, the, the development of the NRL player is an incumbent on being in an NRL system. That's where you're going to learn what you need to be to be an NRL player. You really, there's really nowhere else in our country that's going to prepare you for NRL football other than being in the NRL system, which is why coaches, managers, parents are pushing for what they think is full-time training or what they think the NRL player is doing. My son's got to do it too. Mm. He doesn't have to be doing it now, but you know, it's another argument. But, yeah, I really enjoyed it, and, and uh, they were great. And had, had we got them at 16 or 17, no doubt they could have played our game. No doubt. If we set up, you know, combines or academies over there in America, you would you would abs- you would dead set develop, but you'd have to get them in their teenage years. Okay, so could could you not see now if these clubs go over back of the combine, could you not see them dragging dragging some talent here and trying again? They'll be extremely impressed with the athleticism of the individuals. That you'll, you'll be extremely impressed. Oh, Three hundred seventy million people or something over yeah. there, isn't it? Wasn't it? So. There's, there's great athletes everywhere. Not every kid over there gets an opportunity. Not every kid gets to go to college. Not every kid, you know, um, not every kid gets a scholarship, you know, but there's some tremendous athletes over there in all sports. You know, you've seen what it's like. That's, um, you know, they'll, they'll be impressed with the athleticism of the player. And I guess, I guess if, if we were able to attract players that came out here and actually made a fist of it in our game, that would be great promotion for our game. Yeah, well, might they... It's, it's, it's the same as, as, you know, the great rugby-playing nations around the world. You mean to tell me there's, there's kids in those systems that aren't really rugby players that would be really good at rugby? Of course they would. Mm. South Africa is a place I always wanted to go to, mm. you know, because not every kid is suited to playing rugby in rugby-playing nations. So, well, you know, you mean, you mean to tell me that the only place we can find a six foot four, you know, 110 kilo bloke who's tough and can hit the ball up and tackle only grows on the eastern no. seaboard of New South Wales? No way. No way. They're everywhere. And maybe by playing these but, games... But, our, but our, sta- our scouting and our development doesn't reach that far. You know, I, I looked at... Um, at one time there, I, um, a, a bloke I was doing some work for was one of the Pacific Island uh, academy coaches for Manchester United. 
oh. around the world, you know, looking for soccer players around the world. So Manchester United have got a Pacific Academy. They've got academies everywhere. Wow. All around the world. If you, what was the great coach, Alex Ferguson? Sir Alex Ferguson. Yeah, there's an early part in his book when he was talking about, you know, thinking back on the success and everything they did. They won a World Cup with blokes that come back and won a triple crown with, with Manchester United. Um, but he got there and he said, how many talent scouts have we got? They said, two. He said, two. They said, yep. I said, they're the very best. They get, they get the best talent. He said, well, I want 12. Hmm. I said, what? I said, well, I want 12. They've got European academies, they've got Asian academies, they've got Pacific Island academies, they look for them in America. They look for all over the world for the talent that they want because it's so competitive. Mm. And they spend money and they spend time and they invest in it. New South Wales, unless you're born in New South Wales and Queensland, you well, know, up, up until we, 20 years ago, we just didn't look anywhere well, why else. why don't we do that? Money, time, effort, expertise. Effort. You know, I mean, that's what I say. You know, old Paul Broughton passed away Oh, Paul Bullock, 90 years of age, he's a lovely rugby league man, but he was always at me. He said, you mean to tell me that the blokes who can play rugby league are only born in the eastern states of New South Wales? He said, how ridiculous. Why, why aren't there blokes in Adelaide or Perth or why isn't there a young bloke in Broome or somewhere like that or Darwin or somewhere else that, that has got the physical expertise to, to play this game? Why aren't there people in... Why isn't there people in... Why aren't there people in China? Why aren't there people in... He went to China. He said, not all Chinese are, are you know... Uh, uh, suited to those sports, he said a lot of them over there could play rugby league if they learnt how to play it or they knew what it was. Most of China don't even know what rugby league is. Well, Super League was going to solve that. Yeah, oh, yeah. He, he was really big on an Asian policy, you know, and a, an Asian development plan, you know, because if, if you had people from that part of the world playing in our competition here, what support it would get and what notoriety it would get, you know, it's, um, you know, rugby's big in those areas now. Wasn't wasn't like that many decades ago. Japan's but, rugby mad, but they develop it. Soccer, you know, same thing. So there, there are there are there are people around the world that would have the physicality to play that game if they had the understanding, the knowledge, and, and the training to do it. Hmm. But do we go looking for them? No, we wait till the family come and migrates to Australia and picks it up here because their mates at school play it. Yeah, that, that's our recruitment. That's our recruitment. Well, that's silly. Our mates at school play it, so I'll play it too. Do, do you think? Do you think these games in the states? If we're serious about a broadening the recruitment um, bubble, might a few of these kids watch the game and think that's all right? And learn a bit about it. Initially, no. Right. You know, just a one-off like this won't do that. Nor is it designed to do that. This early foray over there is to raise some awareness around uh, the gambling dollar and the, and and. Our game is shown over there in America, but it's only shown on an app. It's not shown on any sort of broadcaster or anything like that. So they're trying to get onto some sort of channel to give it a little bit more notoriety. Well, that'd help. Well, of course it will help. You know, you've got to start somewhere. If you don't start, well, people in 20 years will be saying, well, why didn't you start? Why didn't we start 20 years ago? Why didn't we do it 20 years before that? You know, like people have got to think beyond the term of their own contract. We don't have enough people in the game to do that. Um, So you've got to start somewhere. So I applaud them for doing that. Will this do it? No. Will if we do it every year for twenty or thirty years? Yeah, of course. Twenty or thirty years. What? You reckon that we'll go to we'll go to the states every year for twenty or thirty years? Why go once? You can't just go once. Well, What's I think we're going to go. I think we've committed to a few years, but well, well, they should be doing it. They should be doing it for a hundred. How long is the game going to last? I don't know. You, you might live to see it, Matthew. I won't. You know, but I'm saying once you've started, why would you stop? 
what you know, why did you start in the first place and why would you stop? Yeah, okay. And if we, and if Russell Crowe got me over to his place for a cup of tea one day, all right? Now, Russell, I could never believe. Like, if I was doing Nice place. Uh, nice yeah, place. Yeah, like, beautiful. Of course, you'd expect. Um, but, uh, and I could never understand, because Russell's been in our game for a long time now, and I could never understand, you know, our former CEOs. Not, if I was running the game back then, and Russell Crowe had entered our game with South Sydney the way he has, I'd be so close to him, he'd think I was a tattoo. I'd be all over it. He's on US talk shows. He's in movies. He's got the year of everyone. He's got, I mean, honestly, if you were looking to promote your sport, what better advocate than Russell Crowe, who was a global superstar, all right? He actually sat me down. He said, what I want to do, he said, I want to get four clubs from Australia and I want to get four clubs from England and I want to play a World Cup, a World Cup in LA or Las Vegas, probably Las Vegas. He said, a World Cup. I said, oh, yeah. I said, when are you going to do that? And he said, oh, we do it in the pre-season. We take the four, I can get the four clubs from Australia, get the four clubs from England. He said, your club, my club. He said, we'll get to, and he said, and we'll get them four clubs from England. Then we'll call it a World Cup. He said, you know why we call it a World Cup? I said, why? He said, because America will look at it and say, can't be a World Cup. We're not in it. Hmm. He said, chances are they'll put a team in it. I mean, that apart, was his philosophy on it. Apart from everything else, you've got, you've got a bloke like that who's coming up with strategies to try and grow the game. That's, 100%. What about that? 100%. Yeah, you know, and he was on Letterman and all them talk shows and all that, and he was with his South Sydney hat on and his shirt and telling me... Hugh Jackman's a Manly fan, isn't he? Yeah, 100%. Who else could we get? Nicole? Kidman? The shark. The, the, shark, <laughs> the shark doesn't care. Yeah, Cameron he Smith. Does, he does. Cameron yeah. Smith loves the Broncos. Yeah, the shark cares about rugby league. Oh. He does. The shark doesn't care about anyone else but himself. The shark cares about rugby league. He loves, loves Queensland. Yeah, the shark. The shark comes comes at a, at a fairly really empty man. cost. That's yeah, but, okay. but but if we're going to do this, if we're going to go to America, Tom Cruise. <laughs> if we're going to go, if we're going to go to America, we're not going to do it once, surely. Surely, no, 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 no. no and no. and then and then what are we going to do? There are people over there that do promote the game. There is there is uh, expat Australians across there who do a good job in trying to bring awareness to the game and teach the game to kids. You know, honestly, honestly, if you went over there mm. and, and ran combines for rugby league, oh, right, yeah. for kids for kids over there who, you know, and I don't know, I can't profess to know the setup like every, some experts do, but if you ran opportunities for kids over there to come and learn a game that could earn them the right to play in a professional competition and earn the type of money that we're now out earning here in this country... Uh, I guarantee you, you'll find athletes across there you could train 100%, and play, and that may lead to sort of you know pockets of competition across there, and then maybe they would take notice if they were in a World Cup or they were in a World Nines or they're in something like that. You know, we don't, that, you know, we fill up those teams with just the America had a team in the World Nines, didn't they? Yeah, but it's the Eagles. Yeah, yeah, but it's made up of people yeah, who are pretending to be American or, <laughs> or living <laughs> living in Australia or somewhere. Oh, you mentioned Tom well, they Cruise. Flew, they flew out. They went to Dallas. They went to. <laughs> Disneyland or something one time. <laughs> Once, yeah. you're in. Yeah, you're, you're in. in. Yeah, but, but uh, I, I, you know, like, so why not? What, what, what's this game going to look like in 30 years? Think back 30 years ago. Think back 30 years ago. What's 30 years? 1993. Think about what the game was then. Correct. Right? Was that 30 years ago? Yeah. Now, have we come a long way since then? In some respects. Yeah. In some respects. But have we actually grown the game since then to any great extent? We're still playing in New South Wales and Queensland. We've kind of got to Melbourne now. Mm. Um, well, we've definitely got to Melbourne. We've got to New Zealand, but they were playing it over there. Is there, you know, we've got Pacific Island interest. Yeah, P and G's 
the one that's probably going to emerge in the next well, few years. Well, the UK's years. not exactly flying. UK's gone backwards. Gone backwards. Hmm. 100 mile an hour. France is extinct. Yeah. It's, Fran- yeah. France. France used to be good. Oh, back in France in the World Cup. I mean, France used to have a good team. So, you know, but that's going back in the day. Um, so... Why, why not? And if you're going to go to LA and do this, you've got to go every year. And you've got to go back with a different concept every year. And you've got to go back and, and, and not only do that, you've got to leave something in the town. You've got to leave something there to generate, keep generating interest no, after you're gone, you know. Would you be interested in running the uh, Australian expansion to the United States? <laughs> no, that too, would be fun. I'm too old, mate. You're not too old. I'm too old. Now, for everyone listening to our, our bonus content here, now, these are the hardcore Six Tackle fans. I would like you to um, elaborate on rugby league's first venture into the United States and the man that we dragged back to play for Newtown, Manfred Moore. Manfred Moore. You know, I, I, yeah, he was a bit before my time. I remember him. Yeah. I remember him. So this is a John Singleton PR stunt, basically, wasn't it? Uh, was it Singer? I don't think it was Singer. Wasn't it? No. Might have been old Paul Broughton. I don't think it was Singer. Because Cole Casey was still playing at the time. Look up when Manfred Moore. I think it was long before Singer. Right. Yeah. So to, for people listening, you go, who the bloody hell's Manfred Moore? Who was Manfred Moore? Well, he was an NFL player who played on the wing for Newtown for a few games. Um, yeah. And, and he, he's really, he's, he scored a try one day off a Cole Casey bomb. Cole Casey, Cole Casey was a front rower. Mm. Um, Five games, one try in 1977. Yeah, he scored a try. I remember the try. Cole Casey, the front rower, kicked the ball and Manfred Moore ran through and caught it and scored, scored alongside the post. And after the game to celebrate, he threw a torpedo right. pass across the King George V grandstand. <laughs> so from the field, he threw a ball over the grandstand. John Singleton. There was but photos was fi- of it. Financed by John Singleton. Was he? Okay. Yeah. All, right. All right. Yeah, I remember that. What year was that? 77. Yeah, okay. Well, was Singer there in 77? Yeah. I was playing with Penrith in 77. I, I remember it distinctly. Man from Moore. We only played four or five games. Five games? Five games, yeah. <laughs> so, that, that's funny. That was the first, that was rugby league's first little um, trip down the American yeah. recruitment avenue. I think there was another one who claimed to be an NFL yeah, player. Yeah, Greg, Greg, Greg Smith, <laughs> yeah. by the wing for Newcastle, hoodwinked them all. Yeah. Yeah. And then he, he went that bad one day up at Newcastle. Warren wanted to take him off at halftime. Yeah. He dropped everything. Yeah. I think Joey might have been playing. Yeah. They kept bombing it to him, but he, he looked like he had hands like a clapping seal. He yeah. couldn't catch. Yeah, but I, I got no, I got no doubt. If people were dedicated, and you want to invest enough in it, and you went across to colleges and um, high schools across there, you would find athletic talent that could play this game. No risk in the world. Well, yeah, NRLW is an example. They've, they've, they've scoured far, sports far and wide. If you went to South League. Africa, if you went to China, if you went to uh, Japan, if you went to Asia, if you, you know, you'll find people with athletic ability that if they're given the opportunity and the proper training could play this game. But, you know, we just, we wait for them to come to us. We don't actively go out and promote it. There are some people, there are some great rugby league people that are around the world doing these types of things and, they're unheralded heroes. They're unknown heroes. They do, mm-hmm. they do, do a fair bit of work overseas and, um, and all power to them, but they don't get a lot of joy for it. They don't get a lot of recognition for it. And, you know, they cry out for a bit of support. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, so didn't, we have, didn't we have a Canadian team in the UK Super League? Yeah, it lasted. Uh, Sonny Bill signed with them. Yeah. Lasted what happened, what happened months. Yeah. Went bust. Yeah. There you go. Yeah.